Psalm 33. We'll start here with verse 1. It says, Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. With loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright. Amen? The word of the Lord is upright. And and all his work is done in faithfulness. I love that. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. Now listen to this, guys. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as as his inheritance. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you for your word this morning. How good it is, how sweet it is to hear the counsel from you. And Lord, as, I, as I've read through this, I, I feel the, the chill bumps on my neck just knowing that this morning, that no matter the stress or the worry that we're going through, that Lord, your word stands forever. So Lord, if I'm, if I'm being logical... And I'm thinking through this, I'm, if I'm, I'm looking back at my life, I'm, I'm seeing the, the broader scope of things this morning. Lord, help me to not rely upon the worries and stress, to not focus on those. But Lord, to find peace in you, the great relief for all believers. And we ask this in your name. Amen. As we're looking through this this morning, I think it's interesting that, uh, have you ever seen someone who's stressed and joyful at the same time? Probably not. If, if, you're, if you're joyful, you're probably not very stressed. <laughs> you know, uh, there were times during uh, my COVID quarantine that, you know, I would kind of get down. And, and guys, by the way, I, I, I'm glad that Brother Brent got to bring the word last week, but I hated not to be here. I wanted to be a part of you. You know, I wanted to be here. I wanted to be in worship. And, 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 and as we were at home, it, honestly, it just kind of wears on you. Setting at home. You turn on the news. What are they talking about? COVID. Politics. I mean, there's, no, there's like not a lot of good news out there. But, but I found myself, I would get into the Word. Or maybe I would even turn on something funny on television. Just to bring me out of it. It was really hard for me to be stressed if I was laughing. Or coughing at the same time. <laughs> it's hard to do that. And, and when we talk about the spiritual aspects of who we are as Christians this morning, church, what I want you to understand is that joy should be a part of our life. 
And the reason is because we have joy. Charles Spurgeon says that joy is the soul of praise. To delight ourselves in God is most truly to extol Him, even if we let no notes of song proceed from our lips. A lot of times we think that worship is just singing, don't we? But you know, worship can be a lot of things in our lives. I think uh, music is a big part of my life. Uh, Jaron is a big music guy too. If he can't sleep at night, I turn music on. And he usually falls right to sleep. Music calms him. Music calms us. But, but let's, not, let's not think about this a little bit. And, and let's not think about this in, in, in terms of, well, we have to be singing in order to be joyful. Because you may get a cold and you can't sing. Worship is more than just your voice. Some of you may be saying, I can't sing at all. So what am I to do? How am I to be a person who worships God? Well, you know, worship is something that, that really starts with having joy in the Lord. And in times of worry and stress, we must be a people who are putting our hope in Jesus. And if we put our hope in Jesus, there's joy. And if there's joy, praise emanates from us. It's something that's just who we are. We are, we are just being people who, who, even though we can't sing, even if we don't have music playing, we worship God in whatever we're doing. And if we're busy worshiping God, it's going to be really hard to be stressing about the things of this world. Guys, aren't you glad that we have that hope? And, and I want us to draw uh, all together this morning. If you're here or if you're listening to this at a later time, I want you to gather from this morning that if you're stuck in distress, if you're stuck in worry and stress, guys, there is a great relief, and that's found in God. We see in this passage that the true meaning is found in being His. I bet I could ask this morning, how many people in this place are His? How many of you belong to Jesus? Years ago, I, I used to go, there was a, a man by the name of Dennis Jernigan. He's a great worship leader. God had worked some miraculous things in his life. He had, he had lived a life of, of, of utter um, aberration before God. He lived a life that was not in line with God's will. But then the Lord changed him, and he found joy. And he's, he's, he's still pr uh, producing, he's still singing, he's still worshiping, he's still doing all those types of things. But, but you know, when we're thinking about this, that, this idea that, uh, he, he, that, that joy is, is our strength, and he used to have this song that said this, it said, I belong to Jesus. And it was kind of one of those songs, I know some, some people don't like songs that repeat. But I guarantee if you, if you stop to think about it, that I belong to Jesus, that changes everything. It changes everything that, that, we, that we may deal with in this life. We see in this passage of Scripture that true meaning, true joy, true hope is found in being His. In church this morning, it's time for us to remember that, to rise up and to be His, to live in that hope, to live in that truth. Too many of us in this world, we're lost. We're lost in, the, in this world. We're lost in this existence. We're lost in this stress. We're lost in this fear. We're lost in this pain. Because stress and worry just overruns us. We stay connected to that and not connected to God. And if you're connecting more to the stress and the worries of life, it's time to turn back to Jesus. It's time to go back to Him. The overriding common theme that, that we see in broken humanity, the overriding common theme, everything that you, if you were to look at any 
any situation in this world today, the overriding theme that we see is where people lose their hope, where people lose their joy, and where fear, fear is the king. Is fear your king this morning? Is fear something that, that, that overrides you? You know, I, I've seen it time and time again. I've been in ministry for, for some years now. Joni, Joni, you know this, this situation. I'm not going to mention it uh, uh, in detail, but there was a few years ago in another ministry that we were working in um, where we literally did not do a ministry. We literally did not do an outreach, a time of fellowship within the church because of fear. Now, there's, there's a difference in being fearful and being smart. And, and if... If you feel comfortable at home, if, if, if the dinner uh, for Thanksgiving is not something you feel comfortable coming to, I don't want you to think I'm talking to you right now. I want to address this idea of how we live our lives. Because the last time I checked, we can evangelize, we can advance the gospel, whether there's a pandemic or not, amen? We can extol God, we can praise God, whether there is a pandemic or not. You can get into the Word of God and be blessed by what the Word says. You can worship God whether, whether Jim and Sandra or Josh get up here and lead or not. We, we, we have something in God that's bigger than organization. That's bigger than our churches. That's bigger than all of that. And we don't need to be living in fear. If, if worse comes to worse, you know, and I, we've kind of been talking about it. I know it's been in the back of everybody's minds back in, you know, June and July. Oh, it's so hard not seeing our people. You guys remember those cries of our heart? And now we're kind of seeing, oh, okay, some of this is like really hitting hard in our community. How do we approach this? Well, guys, let's not approach it with fear. Let's approach it with with peace, knowing that God is in control. And honestly, if the Lord was to call me home, is that the worst thing that could happen? Well, Daniel, that's morbid. I, I know it is, you know. Uh, when Joni was checking my pulse one night, we'll just keep talking about this. There was, there was one time she checked my pulse that I thought, well, maybe I am dead. You know, maybe I'm just kind of hovering, and I'm just, I'm, you know, I, I'm looking down, and Joni's checking my pulse, and I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm dead. Would that be the worst thing to die? <laughs> no, because for the believer, we have hope, don't we? If, if, if uh, you know, I, I can still feel the effects of, of, of the COVID on my body. I, I get tired really easy, the, the lung thing. I know it doesn't affect everyone the same. It affected me in that way. But the thing is is, is, is if I never recover, if I never fully recover from what COVID's done to my body, which I feel like I am, praise God. But if I never did, I could still extol God. I could still praise God. I could still lift Him up. Because my joy is not in myself. I have to have the joy of the Lord in my life. That, that, verse, that first verse there, he says, shout to, uh, for joy to the Lord. Oh, you righteous. How many of you in here consider yourself God's people? We said that. Everybody, basically everybody here raised their hand and said, I'm, I'm, I belong to Jesus. Well, shout for joy. Quit shouting politics. Quit shouting fear. Quit, quit shouting the things of this world. But shout for joy because praise befits the upright. We, we need to be a people who understand that praise befits us. It's, it, is, it, is the, it is what matters in this world. We need to understand that praise befits us. It's, it's what we're made for. One of the tenets of Christianity is, you know, we do everything for what? For the glory of God. Everything. 
What your pastor's doing right now, I'm not doing it for my glory. If there was one of you sitting out there this morning, if there were none of you, which that's happened before, <laughs> there wasn't anyone sitting in here at all and I'm preaching, I would still do this. Now, I'm not saying this to, to uphold myself. I'm saying that this is, the, this is what Christianity is about. We do it for the glory of God. And today, if, if we're doing it for the glory of God, then there's nothing that can, that can knock us back. Our joy is in Him. Our joy is not in ourselves. And so when we're looking through this this morning again, I want you to feel um, the truth of, of goodness here. The, the, the truth that worship befits us. Praise befits us. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to Him with the harps of ten strings. In other words, whatever it is that God has gifted you with, use it. There's, not everyone in here can, can play every instrument. Not, not all of us are Josh, right? Josh is an encouragement to me because, I mean, I see God using him in those areas that he's good at. But, but not just Josh, but there's so many of you that, you know, I, I see you, you know, the, the people that are over this or the people that are over uh, uh, poor FBC kids or the people that are over Sunday school, the people who consistently use their talents for God. You know what? If you've been in ministry long enough, it's not always up here. It's not always easy. It's not always huge numbers. It's not always huge turnout. Sometimes we're in, we're in, we're in times of planning. We're, sometimes we're in, we're in seasons where we're turning the dirt up. I, I didn't get to go to the, the annual meeting uh, for Oklahoma Baptist this year, but I, I did get to, uh, Joni and I, we were about to go crazy, so we hopped in the car and we drove around. <laughs> and, and praise God for technology, I was able to listen to, uh, to our executive director. I was, I was able to listen to him preach his sermon. And one of the things he really was, was, was telling us was, was, was the fact of the matter is, is that we need to put our faith in God through all of this. That it's not just something we say or believe, but it's something we do. Are we doing that today? Are we doing that? Psalm 33 really talks about people who, who are giving their all to God. Whatever God has blessed them with, that, that is something that he's done for them. And that overriding common theme in broken humanity, that fear that we see time and time again is something that is not what God has blessed us with. It's not something that God has done. Fear leads to worry and stress. If you're fearful, you're going to worry, you're going to stress. But if you find your strength in God through joy, through worship, through remembering who He is and who you are, right? We've talked about that a lot over the years. A lot of times people think that it's like this, that, well, God's my servant. No, we're doing everything for the glory of God. That's where our joy is at. That's, that's where we're leading to. Fear leads to worry. Fear leads to stress. And guys, the thing is, is that fear is not of God. Amen? Fear is not of God. We must not be a people who live in fear. And again, I'm not talking about whether you feel comfortable to come to in service or not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about fear in the way that you live your life. You can bring glory to God no matter where you're at no matter what you're doing. No matter if the church, is, uh, the church doors are open on a Sunday morning, you can still bring glory to God. Eusebius was, uh, uh, he's kind of noted as the first church historian. Now you guys know me, I love history, right? Me and Jim, we've got this commonality. We love history. And uh, I've, I've kind of... <laughs> I've kind of read everything that Kendall offers in World War II history, and so I'm going back, and, and Lord willing, I'll be back in, uh, I'm taking my seminary courses this spring. I'm excited about that, but um, you know, one of the things that's close to my heart is church history. 
I believe that, you know, when we look at church history, that we can see uh, patterns and we can see that we're no different than the church in the first century. We go through the same stuff too, right? And so when you look at history, you can see, well, how can we apply it to where we're at now? What can we learn from, from what they did or didn't do? But Eusebius, he was this, this uh, church historian, the early one. And a lot of people didn't like Eusebius because they thought, why are you focusing on the past? And Eusebius, he was like, we need to be able to look to the past in order to learn from it. And Eusebius says this about, about where our focus should be. He says, as we retrace the steps of our forefathers, we hear them, as it were, raising their voices as a man holds up a torch from afar, calling to us from on high as from a distant watchtower, and telling us how we must walk and to how we should stay the course of our work without error or danger. Now, he's, he's writing these words way back when. He's writing this history down, and people were criticizing him. Why, why do you want to focus on the past? We need to look to the past in order to see. It's, you know, the, the word picture here is this guy holding a torch way off. You know, we were crossing over the river the other night. Um, uh, Jolie called. They're sick. Uh, Jolie wanted some... Uh, some of Mama's chicken noodles, and, and I was happy because I got to partake of the chicken noodles as well, but, but we're crossing uh, there, as you're going into Gore over the big bridge, you know, we're crossing over, and here comes a barge down the river, and he had his light, and he was doing this thing. You can see that light just kind of going back and forth, and I was like, look at that, guys. Our, our history, who we, who we are, where we've come from, it, 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 it can show us into the future as well. What, what did the early church do? Well, when you get into the book of Acts, the early church, uh, they were focused on the gospel. The, the early church was focused on fellowship. The early church was focused on coming together and, and doing ministry. And the early church was focused on going out. What does that mean for us during times like this? We still are evangelists. Amen? You know, I've heard it said that if, you know, if, if you're not a missionary as a Christian, then you're an imposter. I like that thought. We're all called to be missionaries. We're all called to be pastors, so to speak. Do you realize that you have people in your circle who really God is, he's given you the job to pastor them? I know there's job, to, there's the, the office of pastor, right? I get that. But every one of us have people in our life that we can reach out to. And if we're not living in joy, if we're only living in stress and worry, we're going to miss those opportunities. We're going to miss those opportunities to reach out and to help people and to be who we need to be. Look here at verse 4. I like verse 4. It says, For the word of the Lord is what? Upright? How many of you can say, how many of you can say the word of CNN, Fox, MSNBC is upright? I, I think we can find that, you know, some people were, you know, they were so dead set on one news station, and they're finding they can't even trust what they're saying. What do we do in times like these? Do, do we get mad? Do we... Now people are going to these other websites and, and other news agencies. I'm like, stop it. Go to the Word of God. The Word of God is the only Word that's upright. It's the only Word that really matters. All of His work, it says, is done in what? Faithfulness. I, I don't care who your, who your politician is that you, that you get behind. At the heart of every politician I've ever seen, they're not always faithful to the people. Sometimes they're watching out for themselves, right? We live in that type of political system here in America. 
guys have to get reelected. Women have to get reelected to office, right? It's not always about faithfulness. Sometimes it's about survival. But when we talk about God, you know, understand God's love, God's faithfulness, God's hate even is different than ours because it's rooted in, in knowing everything. It, it's rooted in all things. God's faithfulness to you isn't just because, well, you know, so-and-so, they, they deserve this, so I'm going to give this to them. No, he's, he's faithful to you because he sees the whole picture. His judgments, some may even say his hate on sin, isn't like the hate that you and I have. You may hate a sin just because it seems disgusting to you, but God's view of sin is different than our view of sin. God's view of sin, he, he, for some reason, we may see sins, and you may be sitting there saying, well, I don't know why God says that that's a sin. That doesn't make sense. But God looks at the sin, he sees the full picture, and there's a, there's a definition as to why sin is sin. So in the meantime, we must find ourselves adoring God, following God, looking to Him, the, the author and the perfection of our faith. Why? Because the words of the Lord are upright, and all His work is done in faithfulness. We must trust God as righteous. We must trust Him as who He is. He loves righteousness and justice. Verse 5 there. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Amen? Think about those words for a minute. You look at the world today and you think, man, there's a lot of hate. You have people who are, who are racist and people who are this and people who are that. You have, you know, all these different political systems, right? Don't forget that the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. I'm reminded this morning as I look in this, this sanctuary, that's not quite full, <laughs> of the steadfast love of the Lord. I, I have no doubt that you guys are here because you love Jesus. Do you know how much that encourages me? You know, as, as a pastor, as a, as a man, that I'm not the only one. One of the most encouraging things I see in churches is when men come to church. That, that, that speaks to me. Guys, women, <laughs> at the same time, women, you got, it speaks to me that you're here too. But, but I want you to understand, I, I see guys who are consistent in their faith in Jesus, and that encourages me. And really what that is, is us all glorying in the joy of the Lord. We're not here because we're going to have some fancy light show this morning, you know. One of the, the good side parts, I guess, to our quarantine is uh, uh, we were able to, uh, Joni purchased this, like, outstanding, like, uh, uh, program for, like, studying of the Word of God. And, I'm, you know, it's part of my seminary and stuff, too. But, I mean, it, even if I wasn't in seminary or going to seminary, it, it would just be really great because of the study there. But because of that, you know, Joni and I, we, we sat on the couch a lot, which was good and bad, you know. But, but as we're sitting on the couch, there's only so much on Netflix, by the way. Um, I think I watched every bit of it. Pretty good. Wouldn't do it again. But the, the whole thing in Netflix, it's there, you know, and all that. But, but we, we spent a lot of time on the couch on our computers, and we're just we're, we're working up some stuff for the new year coming up. Um, new programs. Joni's, Joni's working on a website. Uh, everybody here has a, has a, has a well, I don't have one. I guess I have one somewhere. You have a phone, don't you? How, how cool would it be to get on your phone and you could see the notes from today or, or be able to give through your phone or, or be able to communicate with other members from the church through your phone, through a, a secured app. You know, all these things, this, this stuff that I see um, that, that we've been able to kind of to work on this week, it, it's not about the technology. What it's about, it's about glorying in a God whose love is everywhere. And as a believer, my call is not to go out here and spread bad news to everyone. My, my job is to go out here and to spread the love of Jesus wherever. 
Because guess what? It's there already, but I want to make, make light of it. Like that barge going down the river, shining a light upon the water. I want to be that in this world, don't you? Where you're just saying, hey, look, look at all that God's doing here, here, and here. Wherever the church flourishes, it's not because it's easy. China's the example of that. The church in China has grown tremendously, and not because they've been allowed to worship, but because they've been held back from worshiping. We can look at this time and say, man, this is terrible. It's hard to come to worship. People are afraid. No, this could be a good thing for us. I believe we, if we approach this pandemic in the way that we should, if we approach this political season in the way that we should, God will grow us. God will strengthen us as the church of God that we will continue to, to move forward. It will continue to go wherever he goes. At verse 5, he loves righteousness and justice. God does not love us being negative. And which, by the way, he never mentions politics there, does he? God loves politics. It's not what it says. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of what? The steadfast love of the Lord. Look at verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Have you forgotten that? By, by the word of the Lord, the, uh, the heavens were made. God spoke this into existence. By the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He created everything. He gathers the waters of the deep. He puts the, the, the deeps into storehouses. Uh, one of the amazing things about our world is that there's water stored underneath us. Isn't that cool? Who, who designed that? You know, there, years ago, Joni and I were going and, and we were exploring caves in Arkansas. Because, you know, that's what you do, right? And so we're exploring caves, and I think in like four days, we went in six caves kind of deal, right? And in one of the caves, there was mud upon the walls. And that mud, they told us, they did like analysis on that mud, and it was actually mud from Alaska. That the, 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 there had been some earthquake in Alaska, and it caused a shifting of the earth, and, and water flowed from Alaska through cave systems all the way from Alaska to Arkansas, and now there was Arcan, uh, Alaskan dirt upon the walls of that cave. That was amazing to me to think about that. God created that. He, he put the, the deeps into storehouses. Look at verse 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. <laughs> How many of you got fear? What, what are we talking about this morning, right? Fear? This is a different kind of fear. But it's still this idea of respect, right? Even in your fear, if you're fearing COVID, you're fearing politics, you're fearing revolution in America, or you're fearing whatever, you're fearing that your football team may not win, you're fearing whatever, you're fearing they're going to shut restaurants down again. You're respecting that opinion, and you're living by that opinion. But if we respect the opinion of God, understand that we need to be people who fear the Lord. Let all of us, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Quit standing in awe of the stuff of this world. Stand in awe of God. Why? For He spoke. Everybody say spoke. He spoke. And it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. He commanded. And it stood firm. Your God is, is so big, guys. I mean, have we forgotten that? How big that He is? That word that we see there, word. <laughs> that word, word. It's actually, it's a Hebrew word called dabar. Or davar. And what it means is, it's, it means matter, or it means affair. The word of God is a, is a divine communication in the form of 
command, commandments, prophecy, and words of help to his people. The word of God is for you, is what I want you to understand this morning. That idea, it's, a, it's something that God has given to us. How many of us neglect reading the word of God on a daily basis? Probably do, right? Well, it's easier to watch the news. It's easier to do this. It's easier to worry. No, it's not. It's easier to get into the Word of God and be strengthened and to live in joy and to have praise and to live in His praises. That's easier. I know we, we, somewhere, somewhere in our mind we think that's not true. And so we need to be a people who understand that this commandment to us, this Word to us, this present and future assurance to us is for us. Quit living in fear. Quit living in the stuff of this world. I had three points I want us to make, and we'll, we'll start wrapping this up. But, but this idea that the Word, the Word of God, D- Daniel, the question I guess that we may have this morning is, how do I live apart from worry and stress? Get into the Word of God. Why? One, the Word of the Lord is key. The Word of the Lord is key. How do you get in your, your house? <laughs> With a key, right? Or your fingerprint, or a code. I love that we have the codes, you know, we can punch in the codes to get in some of our buildings now. It's great. But you still have to have a key to get in those locked doors. The, the word of the Lord is key. How do, how do we live in this world? How do we unlock a life that's filled with peace and joy? It's, it's by getting into the word. The word of the Lord is key. In that verse 6, we see that in word, in breath, or in spirit, there may be, and I think there really is an illusion to John 1, 1 that was to come. The idea of Jesus, the Word. John 1, 1, you guys all know that verse, right? In the beginning was the Word. You think, you think there's a coincidence that we're talking of Word here and then that Jesus is equated to being the Word? I don't think there's any coincidence at all. I think it's the Word of God working together. And in, in John 1, 1, we read that about Jesus. The Holy Spirit, of course, the Holy Spirit is like this breath or this, uh, uh, this, this, this word coming to us, too. Do you remember the first time you heard about Jesus? The, the second point I want us to look at this morning is not, not only that the word of God is key, but the word of God is sure. Can you trust the word of God? I think it's a big question we all have at some point in our Christian walk. Can I really trust what the Bible's telling me? Can I trust it? Yeah, you can trust it. You can trust it. Verse 9, it talks about um, it came to be. When, when God created the heavens and the earth, it said he what? Spoke. Remember? God spoke and it was. That's good. If God can create through speech, don't you think I can trust his word in my life? Absolutely I can. And so the Word of God is sure. It's, uh, the things of this world change. Politics change, right? <laughs> How many of us know who the president's going to be? I don't know that we do. Maybe. But I think on the, on the broader scope, if I was to, to try to view the world as God may be viewing the world, it doesn't really matter because he's in control anyways. His Word is sure. His Word is the key. And the third point I want us to look at is the Word of the Lord is our foundation in all things. Everybody say all things. Everything. Whatever you're doing in your life, it's, it's, the, it's the foundation. The Word of God is the foundation. Whether you're, you're about to get married, whether you're, you're living uh, as, as, a, as you know, working, 
trying to get through your job. Maybe, maybe you're raising kids. Maybe uh, you've just acquired a new position at church here, uh, doing a new ministry or something. How do we get through all of these things? It's by putting the Word of God, because the Word of God is key, the Word of God is sure, and the Word of God should be the foundation to our lives. I know some of us were like, well, Daniel, we know this. Well, then why don't we live it? Why do we live in fear? Why, why stress something that's so big in this world today? Why? Well, it's because people aren't really applying what they know. So we must be a, a people who, who do that. That verse 8 there, we see a call to listen and to rest in his word. We hear a call to listen and rest in his word. How many of us need rest today? Man, I need rest. That's something I feel that, you know, uh, whenever you get sick, what do the doctors tell you to do? Go home, rest, drink fluids. We need to rest in the Word of God, but not just sleep on it. <laughs> when I say rest, I mean you read it and then you find peace and you just live in that. Live in that hope. If you read something out of the Word of God, you. Maybe it's something you read this morning. You know, the, the words of the Lord are steadfast and sure. Maybe that's something that spoke to your heart this morning. This week when you're going through stress, when you're going through hard stuff, just say, you know what? I hear all these other words, but I'm only going to listen to the Word of God because it's the only thing that's a sure foundation. It's the only key. It's what I need to be basing my life upon. It's what I need to be putting my life on. So you see, we don't have to walk in fear and stress. There, there is a great relief in knowing Jesus. He's got the whole world in his hand, amen? And I love that about him, that, that he's, he has that whole world in his hand. He is in control. And so, guys, we have to be seeking to follow him, seeking to follow him. Verses 9 and 10, uh, I'm sorry, 10 to 12 there, as we're, as we're just kind of read through this a little bit, um, this idea of, of who God is. The Lord brings counsel, the nations together uh, to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. God's in control. Yeah, I kind of see it. It seems like to me that God's, God's confusing America right now. He's, he, he's in control, though. It doesn't mean that God's like a troublemaker or that God likes drama. What it's saying is that God is in control. The, the, the United States of America or whatever nation that we may want to point out throughout history, they have ideas, they have thoughts, they have plans, and God confuses them because that's not his plan. Verse 11, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. Rest in that. I, I, may, I may give you some advice at some point in the future, and it, it's not good advice. Surely not, Daniel. <laughs> Surely not. Surely not you would ever give us bad advice. Well, the thing is, is that the word of God is sure. The word of God is, is something that, that we must understand is always true. His counsel is always good. His counsel is always exactly what we need. And here we see this call in verses 10 through 12 to, to follow him. Blessed, look at verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. He's talking about nations right now, but I want you just to think about yourself for a minute. Are you more blessed since you are God's than before you were his? I am. I am. I go through, I, I lose people that are close to me. Some of y'all have lost dear people to you. 
my heart hurts. You talk about uh, being a pastor and not being able to be there for your people when they lose someone close to them. That's hard. Pounds, I, I cried for you guys the other day. So I know that's hard. I've lost dear people close to me over the years, and I'm just like, oh, it's so tough. But, but my hope's not in, in a funeral service. My hope's not in whether people are here or not. My hope's in the Lord. But don't get me wrong. I like it when everybody I love is alive and near me. I love that. We had, you know, a dinner the other night with, with, with all of our kids, and it was, it was good to be able to be together because we hadn't been able to be together. I was just sitting there thinking how sweet that this is. How good that this is. But that could change. I'm not being morbid. I'm being, I'm being truthful this morning. All that could change. We've seen the, the, the sweetness of coming together in worship and then the ability to not do that and how that hurts. But our hope's not in this. Our hope's in God. Our hope's in Him. Our hope is in who He is. And so we're a blessed people when God is our Lord. When God is the one who, who, who is overall in us. He's in control. So we need to find our peace in Him alone. You guys hear that this morning? If you don't leave with anything else this morning, just understand that my peace is found in God. And the way that I get to that peace is I become a person who gets into His Word. And I find my joy in Him. And I begin to worship Him, whether I can sing or not. I begin to worship God. And in that worship, I find that I'm not worried about stuff or stressed about stuff because He is my great relief. He is my great relief. I want to leave you with some, some good words this morning. You guys like good words? Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Starting with verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. He's not talking about mental disorder here, okay? He's not talking about stress like we, all, we see in the medical establishments. People have anxiety, right? Those, those, are, those are things that people go through in life. But he says here, don't be anxious. In other words, don't, don't put your, your hope in, in the wrong things of this world. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Jim said it this morning. We need to focus on prayer. We need to be a people of prayer. We're not, we're not sitting and worrying about things. We just pray about it. We don't sit and talk about things. We, we, just, we just live for God and we pray. And if we're not anxious about stuff, if we become a people who do everything by prayer and supplication, if we do all of this, in verse 7 he says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I like that. And if you skip down to verse 9, this is, again, Philippians 4. You skip down to verse 9, he says this. He says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. Whatever you've heard from the Word of God, Rest in that. There's probably, for a lot of us, there's been a lot of years where we've got to sit back and go to vacation Bible school and go to camp and go to Sunday school and go to church. And it's like the church is consistently investing in us. And we've been blessed by the Word of God. Amen? 
as, as, as Baptists, we're blessed by uh, our, our denomination because the works that we do together, you're blessed by the people that are sitting around you this morning. You're blessed by all of these things. And in these moments like we're going through now, I think what we're finding out is what we should have known all along. The only thing that matters is the Word of God. And so we find our peace in Him. We find our peace in who He is. What a good word this morning, amen. Let's rest in that. But don't just rest in it. Apply it. Share it. Let someone know what God's doing in your life. We need to be a people who testify of the glory of God, amen. And I know from me, from what I'm talking, uh, from my perspective this morning, God has always been good to me. I'm so thankful for what he's done in your lives. May we be a people who share that. May we be a people who advance the gospel wherever we go. Would you stand with me this morning? We'll say a prayer as our musicians come forward. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are in this place. We, we thank you that you're a God who's calling us as the church to, to step up and to live by your word. Lord, I pray if there be anyone that does not know you in this place or listening to this message somewhere or someplace, Lord, we understand that sin is the, the great divider, but Lord, Jesus came and, and made the way for us to be saved when he gave his life on Calvary. Lord, today as, as we're here, I pray that people everywhere would be reminded or hear the message of the gospel that we don't have to be hopeless. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to be without any peace. We can know it through your son, Jesus Christ. Sin divides us from you. It separates us from you. But Jesus, what he did on the cross, it brings us together. And Lord, if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we, we will be saved. Father, would you call people to salvation today? Lord, would you call the church to action today? May we be not fearful in our lives, but Lord, may we go forth from this place and be joyful because of the word of the Lord. In your most holy name, amen.